0: Welcome to season two of the Let's Talk Podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to be a person of faith and a culture against faith. So let's talk about caring for the oppressed, the vulnerable, the victims of in times of injustice. Um, um, this is a hard conversation to to have because everyone wants to approach it differently. Um, so what y'all are gonna hear today is give, is me giving my my thoughts, my opinions on how we should approach this. Um, and we're gonna be walking through like a piece of Luke 6 here. Um, and it's interesting to me because if, when we look at Luke 6, Um, starting in verse 12 is where Jesus calls the apostles or chooses the apostles, right? And he starts there um, and then with them, in verse 17 it says, he came down with them and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem, and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases and those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured and all in the crowd were trying to touch him for the power came out from him and healed all of them. So the first thing that these disciples are seeing is Jesus healing, addressing a need. the victims of injustice, the victims of oppression, the first step in caring for them is addressing the need. Sitting with them, doing the thing that they need you to do. Whatever that is, whatever that looks like. Could it be giving a homeless person some food, a a pillow and a blanket um, sitting with and giving ear to, um, victims of sexual assault, the all of the survivors from the SBC stuff, giving ear to them, letting them air out their emotions. Um, and being one-on-one with them. Um, that's where Jesus starts, and so that's where I think we should start.
1: I think, I don't disagree with you. Mm-hmm. I would like to offer one caveat. Uh, and I only bring it up because it's not stated in the text. Mm-hmm. And you did bring it up, I just want to name it. Um, the first step in actually meeting a need is being able to, and having the humility to listen to what their need is. Oh,
0: yeah. Absolutely.
1: You can't meet a need you don't know exists, and Mm -hmm. you can't know it exists unless you begin listening to the victim, to the oppressed, to the marginalized, to the vulnerable. That's right.
0: Whatever that need is, and you need... Cullen's right. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to listen to them. You can't try to tell them what their need is. That, And there is so many people who try to do that. So many people. You cannot... If anyone looks at a victim of sexual assault and says, oh, you just need to have more faith to get you through this this period of your, of your life. No. Shut up. No. <laughs> oh,
1: terrible.
0: Um, th- and that's a response that I have heard too many women tell me that they get from the church.
1: Well, they always, yeah, they always get that response. And the reason they get that response from the church is because men... Don't want to side against men. Mm-hmm. And it, the church has historically been made up by men. And it's mm-hmm. an institution that protects itself. Men. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So mourning and lamenting with them. Right. Whatever, whatever they ad- s- say their need is, you address that first. Nope. Yep. You care for them first.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and, I also want to note here for the power came out from him and healed all, all of
0: them. them. Addressed all of the not needs. conditional.
1: Notice. And um notice there wasn't a caveat. Mm-hmm. Oh well that person didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Or well that person didn't get up and walk far enough to come get the healing. Mm-hmm. Mm, well this and that. No. Jesus healed all everyone of them. Yeah. I think that's both a statement of who Jesus was as well as a statement of who we are supposed to be if we believe our pursuit of divine likeness is Christo likeness.
0: Yeah. I agree. Addressing the need no matter who the person is. Absolutely. Um whatever their background is, yeah, that. Um and then he moves into addressing his disciples. And I think that this is, this is a good, good transition here. Because he, he says, then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you, revile you and defame you on account of the Son of man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for what is for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. So we're coming from Jesus addressing all of the needs. And he says to his disciples, Blessed are all of these categories of people who are oppressed.
1: Poor, hungry,
0: weep. Mm-hmm. People who hate you, exclude you,
1: revile you, defame you. It's all the quote unquote others mm-hmm. of society. That's right. It's it's uh, let's ask it a different way. Listener. Do any of you live in that slash want to live in that world? Mm. Probably not because the fact that you are listening to this means that you're not at least some of those categories. You might be hungry in this moment, but nobody wants to live like that. No. Nobody wants to live poor, hungry, and crying and hated by everybody. Nope. And yet. These are the people that Jesus points out. Those who are hated, mm-hmm. excluded, reviled and defamed. Yep. I can think of a whole lot of people that the church has done that to. Oh yeah. A whole lot of categorical people, a whole lot of individual people. Mm-hmm. So,
0: the church Never mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, they Jesus goes right in to address the vulnerable. That's right. The marginalized. Those others in society. The ones that we're currently seeing excluded from any category of, heck, anything. Yeah. Those are the ones that Jesus is talking to. That's right.
0: After he addresses their need, he turns to them and gives them words of encouragement. Yeah. I am with you. I stand with you, and you are blessed. You are loved, you are cared for, and he gives this. This beautiful piece right here to wrap up the blessings. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. I know that you are hurting. I know that you feel beaten down. I know you feel whatever, and this is the other thing that I love. He doesn't try to tell anyone how he fe- how they feel. Nope. He gives general categories of this might be how you are oppressed, but he never tries to tell them what they should feel or how they should or how they feel. Right? Yeah. He just says. Rejoice and leap for joy because your reward is great in heaven. Your reward is in life with me forever in eternity.
1: Your reward is in hope. Yeah. Hope for tomorrow.
0: Hope for better things.
1: Hope that I can take this healing that I've experienced and grow and produce and be better hope for a spiritual reality, hope for an an earthly reality that's farther than next week because I don't have to live with this thing anymore that's been dragging me down. His message is a message of hope Mm -hmm. and that hope is not only a spiritual reality. I think it's often forgotten that that's a spiritual reality because we heard it before we got healed or we heard it and we didn't get healed right before. So we missed the truth that I was just healed. Yeah. And he's talking to me. Yeah. Blessed mm. are you yeah. who are Blessed poor. Are Blessed you. are you who are hungry. Blessed That's are right. you who are reviled, defamed. Yeah. You who I just healed. So that message, rejoice, is a message of hope. That's right. Far greater or far more than only the spiritual reality of that hope.
0: Sure. So that that is one thing that I will point out directly because this is something that I've heard from lots of people who are oppressed, namely survivors of sexual assault. Don't tell me how I should feel. Don't tell me that I feel broken, that I feel dirty, because I may not. Don't tell me that.
1: Yeah, freaking Republicans.
0: Don't tell me how I should feel. Yeah. Give me, like you said, a message of hope. Yeah. Tell me that everything is
1: okay. Give me a reason to live tomorrow. That's right. Hope. And then he turned. Yeah. Before you go to the turn, I want to make a note here. You've all heard this before. If You've been around church for very long. You've heard these words before. You have not heard them structured exactly like this, probably. And you haven't heard the second part that Clayton's about to do because this is the, this is the beatitudes. Yeah. This is the Sermon on the Mount yeah. from Matthew chapter 5. And all of these same people, all of these same categories are laid out here, but there's some other ones that are also included over there. And the the beauty of the beauty of the gospel the beauty of the Bible and the variety that it has, the diversity that it has, is that some of these same stories can be retold three or four different times and have a different spin, a different truth, a different gleaning. And this one, excuse me, the Sermon on the Mount is an amazing passage. It is one of the most famous sermons in all of Scripture, and it's great that it starts With the Beatitudes. Yeah. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are all these things. Yeah. Because that's the first real speech that Jesus gives in the book of Matthew. But Matthew is specifically given over to one premise in that book to show you that Jesus is the new Moses. Yeah. And so Jesus stands up on the side of a mountain. Every important Moses with Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew happens on the side of a mountain or on top of a mountain. Every important thing that happened with Moses happens on top of a mountain. So the very first thing that Matthew wants to remind you about this new Moses is that he cares for the vulnerable. Mm. It's not about power and oppression. Luke is doing the same thing, Mm. but he's doing it in a a markedly different way.
0: So the turn that Jesus makes here after he gives a message of hope to the oppressed is this. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you for woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The people who hurt these people, the people that Jesus just healed, the reason that Jesus had to be there to heal these people, woe to you, He then addresses directly the oppressors, the problem. He cares, meets the need, offers words of encouragement and hope. Then, and then, at that point, does he turn to the oppressors. There is so many things about this That we <laughs> we radical liberals miss here. <laughs> like, we so badly want to jump on the ass of these oppressors that we forget the intention of what we're doing it for. We forget to care for the oppressed. We forget to sit with them in their hurt and meet their needs and to love on them. We get so fired up about it that we miss these first two steps and jump straight to this piece. And then there's people that don't do this piece at all. There are three really important steps to caring for the oppressed and the vulnerable. Meeting the need. I cannot stress this enough. Meeting the need first.
1: Meet the damn need.
0: Do that first. Then offer words of encouragement and a message of hope.
1: And unconditionally meet that need.
0: Yeah, unconditionally meet that need. Absolutely. And then offer the woes. Then turn to the oppressors. And this is something that I've been thinking a lot about recently. In all the conversations that we've been having about justice and injustice, and we've been using the SBC report as a basis for a lot of it. Before we jump to just ripping down the SBC. We need to care for the survivors first. And how you do that, by sitting with them maybe, asking them what they need, offering them help to find therapy, if they want it, Being with them, meeting their need, and offering them messages of hope. But to any of those oppressors, any of these men, these pastors, woe to you. Woe to you. Don't miss verse 26. Woe to you, and all speak well of you. Cullen, you've been around SBC churches long enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Churches worship their pastors.
1: Yeah. For a lot of years, I watched a very small church pay a pastor who was not a very good one uh almost a hundred grand a year for a for a church of a hundred and twenty people. Um churches worship their pastors. They are very well spoken of. And part of that should be some honor and gratification of the ways in which they've cared for you. Mm-hmm. Um I do think that is that reciprocity element of sure. community. But um. that's also why there are systems of injustice that's right because the people at the top are most worshipped um yes they are very well spoken well they are very well spoken of but a better one and he's not actually southern baptist but he's beloved in southern baptist congregations communities and he's frequently speaks at their events is John MacArthur. Yep. John MacArthur. It's now been reported that he has had three different pedophiles Mm -hmm. on his church staff that he protected. Yep, And John MacArthur is still in the pulpit and preaching every week. His people speak very well of him.
0: So let's look at this next part. You want to read the second half of verse 26?
1: That is what their ancestors did to the false prophets.
0: If you are a pastor, a quote, man of God, and you offer voices of oppression, if you do oppress people, dare I say that you are a false prophet
1: yeah i'm not comfortable calling people false prophets by name that's not my job i know you did it by category but that's set up for a very easy way to blame john uh okay. yeah i'm
0: not specifically naming it i know you're not
1: but what i would say is i think it's very clear that jesus would say woe to you To anyone who's an oppressor. To anyone who exploits. To anyone um, who uses power uh, to manipulate people. And woe, in the same way that we don't use these words, it's hard for us to embody what they mean. But blessed is like... It's the most enriching thing that I can say to someone. In an enchanted world, blessings, divine blessings upon you. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest entry point I can give with my words. Whoa? I mean, it, it's damn near telling someone the F word. Yeah. I mean, it is so
0: intense, powerful,
1: much of a curse. Yeah. Woe to you. If you are, and I don't think the problem here is that these people have these things. I don't think it's a problem to be rich. No. I don't think it's a problem to be full. I don't think it's a problem to laugh. No. I don't think it's a problem to be spoken well of. There are people in this congregation that speak well of me. I don't think any of those are a problem. I think the problem becomes when those things are happening in spite or while Mm -hmm. these other injustices are happening
0: or you're using these things to influence injustice.
1: Woe is you.
0: Thanks for listening to the Let's Talk podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely.
1: Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.